This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast, where we are learning something very important as we go into this whole COVID pandemic. Um, we're as we go how to into it, the way Buffett does it, as we deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and since Buffett is sitting, as we just found out a week ago, sitting on top of over one hundred and thirty billion dollars in cash, and didn't mm-hmm. see anything that he was interested in buying, mm-hmm. and unloaded all four airlines mm-hmm. um, over that time period, so he was selling more than buying. He wasn't even buying his own stock when it was at. 175 a share or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is all extremely interesting and food for for thought about how to properly invest. Watching, you know, arguably the best investor in the world for the kind of investing we can do. Okay, there are guys out there like you know Jim Simon and and uh, uh, Mercer and these guys who who have figured out how to do quantitative investing. And that's just a whole different world. You're, if you're a rocket scientist and you want to make huge rates of return, then go how to learn, go learn how do they do it. But for the rest of us, for all the rest of us, we don't have 190 IQs. This, the, the way to invest here is not an IQ related investment process. This is not about how smart you are and how cleverly you can figure out numbers. This is mostly about having a small number of things that we focus on for a company that we understand. And if this company has these key components to it um, and we understand the business, then we're just waiting for a good price and you know, well, how to and that's figure out the, the price. As you pointed out, that's the interesting part of what's going on right now is mm-hmm. Buffett, the great Buffett, didn't see anything that he thought was a good price at that market bottom in March. And that's really the reason we're all like, oh my gosh, is because there were so many famous value investors going around saying that was the time to buy. They bought and, you know, are waiting to see basically if they were right or not. And so it was really interesting to have a totally different view from the godfather of them all. I I, I will say that I think that any value investor type person, anybody that's following these ideas where you're buying a relatively small number of companies and you're trying to buy them on sale, which let's call value investing, if they're running a fund, then I am going to take their actions a little bit less seriously than Buffett's. And that's simply because if they're running a fund, many of them, many of the very best of them, including Guy Spear, who we've had on this podcast, who's terrific, feel the need, because they're running a fund, to stay invested, to, to stay in the market, that the risk is much worse for them as a fund manager to be out of the market and have it run up and you not stay with it than, than it is to go down with the market. If you go down with the market, everybody went down with the market and you have that 
to fall be, you know, fall back on is that, yeah, well, it happened to everybody and maybe I didn't go down quite as far. And it, yeah. but if the market goes up, you're toast. You, you will not get big investors to invest with you if the market's going up and you're not. That's just the truth of, of fund managing. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's, I mean, I, I, you're right. Like I, I don't disagree, but I think that they generally, like the people I've talked to genuinely thought that was a well-priced market they bought because they liked the prices. Uh, then then so, that leads us to a, nice, a really good question, which is if they like the prices and Buffett didn't like the prices, exactly. who's more correct about valuations here? That's right. So yeah. what you were teasing us with the last time was how to take a position in this market, which right. I don't even know what that means. How to take a position in that mar- in this market. Is, that, is it more complicated than just buying? Yeah, it's more complicated than just buying, but not a lot more complicated. It's it's a matter of, at least this is the way I do it, and um, and I and I've talked about it a little bit before from time to time. I I want to preserve my my emotions. That's the hardest thing to control when everyone is experiencing greed and and you get caught up in it and you want to buy into this market like people bought into the real estate market, right? Because it's always going up. And the same thing's happening here with the stock market. It, you don't want to be left behind. So you feel like, man, if I don't put my money in here, I'm going to lose out big time. I mean, if I don't put it in now, when am I going to put it in? And what if it doubles? The market doubles, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and so uh, and so that need to have that emotion under control, uh, for me, is much stronger for worrying about losing money than worrying about making money. I'm I'm much more geared to... I hate it when I lose and I don't mind it as much. I don't love it if the market's going up and it's going up without me, but I hate it if I lose money on a company. Mm -hmm. I really just don't, it just doesn't, it feels like I made a mistake. Whereas if the market's going up and I haven't found anything I want to buy, I don't feel like I've made a mistake. I felt like, you know, just all the companies I want to buy have been pricier than I want to pay. And so I can't buy in. But man alive, it's hard to uh, to feel good about things when they're going down. So what, especially if you've bought in with all of your money. So when I say taking a position in a company, what I mean is allocating a portion of what you want to buy with to that particular purchase at that particular time. So does that make sense? It's like, so if you want to buy- Tranches. Tranches, right. So these are tranches. So taking a position is- um, a matter of tranching into that position because you want to have more capital available if the market goes down. And we've talked about this before. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so that's one part of taking a position is how much of my capital should I put into this company right now? How much should I allocate right now when the market presents it to me at at its on-sale price? Okay, so far? So, yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is the market has set the price at a price that I'm willing to pay. What do I do now? Do I then put in all the money I've allocated for it? Or do I wait and put only half of it in or put a quarter of it in? That's what you're getting yeah. at. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of how, of how this goes. Um, with uh, Burlington Northern Railroad, which is a company we bought in two years and years ago, 
um, that Warren Buffett was publicly buying. I mean, he, he, you know, it was part of his 13F filings that that the, we we pick up as guru filings, and we see that he's buying Burlington Northern Railroad, and he's selling puts on Burlington Northern Railroad at eighty dollars. So he's willing to acquire that company at an eighty dollar price minus whatever he got for the put option. In that case, actually, he was doing them at seven dollars a share. So he was. How did you see that he was selling puts? Um, it went in. It somebody got a hold of it in the newspaper and published oh. it. Oh. I don't know how they got that information, but maybe they read his quarterly report or something, and it, it was in there. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but it turns out Buffett's one of the biggest options traders in the world. He has a multi-billion-dollar option on right now, actually, with the S and P five hundred. Okay, so, how do you know that? Um, he told everybody. What at the meeting? It. Um, it was several years ago. Oh, several years ago. Yeah, yeah. At the meeting, it's like, okay, we've done this big trade right here, and then it once he went public with it, a lot of people tried to duplicate the trade. Right, Let's see what he was doing because it's such a long trade. It was <clears throat> going to be a trade that lasted like ten years. Oh. And and it was it was genius actually not not to get waylaid here but you can use options in some really fantastic ways that um, are not risky that are actually um, have low risk or or relatively low risk um, and that would give you cash flow for very low risk or or they would mm-hmm. actually reduce your basis and reduce your risk so we won't get all into that but except to say that Buffett did that on the S and P five hundred basically said. Look, if the S&P 500 is below $10,000 or, or 10000 per share on uh, a certain date, like 2024 or something like that, like 10 years from now in 2014. So by 2024, if the, and these numbers are probably wrong, but you get the general idea. Um, if by 2024, the S&P 500 index is not at 10000 um, is at whatever the equivalent would be. Let's just say it was on the Dow. It was actually on the S&P, but let's say it's on the Dow. If the Dow was at 10,000, I'll buy it from you. Okay, so in 2024, if the Dow's at 10,000, I'll buy it from you. So you could get insurance from me right now for the next 10 years that if in 2024, <clears throat> the Dow is below 10,000, I'll take you out of your position. So if the Dow's below that, you can't lose any money. <clears throat> and people would pay money for that. In 2014, when the Dow was at, I don't know, 13000 or something like that. Okay. So they paid a bunch of money. And Buffett's risk would be to acquire that stock at that price. <clears throat> so when you're saying and, they, you're talking about somebody who's not Buffett. So what Buffett did right. was sell insurance to somebody else. And he right. got paid the money, took in cash. And yep. the deal is, is that if the whatever index he picked, the S&P or the Dow, got to, went down to a certain level. He was betting Mm -hmm. that if it went down, then he would buy it at that low price from whoever it was that he sold to. Right. Got it. And this, what Danielle just described there, that's a put option. Yeah. You are, are selling it the way an insurance company sells you automobile insurance. If your car gets wrecked, they buy it. Okay. But they're betting your car won't get wrecked. Yeah, yeah. And you're paying a premium for that. And so Buffett took the premium and calculated that if he could make 6% on the money that he was getting from the premium over the next 10 years, he would have enough money to pay off the bet if he lost it. Oh, uh-huh. 
So Buffett has a high degree of confidence that he can make better than 6%. In other words, it's an insurance company float. Yeah, interesting. Play, yeah, totally. Done with options. Really quite brilliant. <laughs> and so people people got on. I think you can look at Seeking Alpha and, and uh, look at the Buffett S&P put option and you'll see a bunch of articles come up where people tried to show us how to do that because Buffett was able with his size, he was able to go to a European banks and, and get a European style option that can't be exercised before expiration. And, um, they, they took the bet for 10 years. So it was, it was institutional level. And what you just said is a really important, uh, um, detail <laughs> to options. Yeah, like you can't do that. Understanding what kind of option you have and even understanding that there are different kinds of options. There's a right. lot of detail to these things. For us, for just the, us hoi polloi, you know, we can do them for a couple years out. It would be about as long as we can get the market to be willing to do it. Um, and maybe someday we'll talk more about that. But the uh, the basic notion there was that Buffett was being willing to acquire this railroad, Burlington Northern, at $80 a share minus the, the money that he collected from the premium. Oh, okay. So we're leaving uh, the index one and we're talking now about Burlington Northern and yeah. how he... Um, so I could see from the news reports that Buffett was that. willing to buy this at $73 a share. That was $80 on the... I want to know how people know point. about this stuff because it doesn't get reported in the 13F filings. No, those, those short positions don't. And um, that was an article. I think okay. you know, I don't remember which All right. which place I saw it, but I looked at that and went, "Oh, hey, I better check out this railroad." And so I did, and it wasn't that hard to understand it. I actually, it wasn't the easiest thing I've ever done, but I went out and I got thirty-five books from Amazon and started reading about railroads. Um, and I, over a period of a month or so, I started to get comfortable with it. And meanwhile, the price was still dropping. Mm. And I came when I looked at it, I came up with a value of about one hundred twenty dollars a share which made sense out of Buffett's position. And the price is still dropping. So I started selling put options like Buffett had, but mine were in the 60s and I got put the stock. And now, but I, I did it with a which single Which means you tranche. had to buy it. Right. So instead of just buying the stock outright, since it's falling, I collected a, a an insurance premium for being willing to buy it at an even low, slightly lower price. Mm -hmm. So just like Buffett, the insurance premiums were quite high because the stock was falling and people were afraid and they were getting out. Um, and, uh, and that resulted in me getting the stock. I think I first acquired my first tranche at around $62 a share. So that was my first tranche. So I was, I was positioning myself into this by having my emotions under control because I had more money to spend as the stock price went down, but I wanted to start spending some at that margin of safety price, right? So to make if sure I think that you it's worth got in. Exactly. So my first step in was slightly higher than the $60 perfect margin of safety. It was 62. I'm good with it. And then I would sell below that and below that, right? As it continued to go down. And um, I didn't get to buy it at the lowest price. I think it hit $50 briefly and then started coming back up uh, when, when the market started to realize, wow, this is really kind of a silly price. And that Buffett just kept buying and kept buying and kept buying and kept buying. And, um, and so I ended up with an overall position at about $58 a share, right? So I didn't get the very lowest price, but I always had money available to buy as it continued to drop. And I was waiting. So what I like to do is I like to buy the first tranche 
um, at about a quarter of my position. So if I'm if I'm doing, let's say, a million dollars, I want two hundred fifty thousand dollars would be my first position. Two hundred fifty thousand in my second. Two hundred fifty thousand in my third. Two hundred fifty thousand in my fourth, roughly speaking, right? And what that does is, if I'm catching this right, and the, and I'm hoping that the market keeps going down, that the next the second tranche of two hundred fifty thousand will buy a lot more stock shares. So oh, it overweights. True. You see. Yeah. Yeah. It overweights the 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 purchase downward. And then the third one, even more stock shares. So if you imagine you something was really moving and you bought your first tranche at let's say 20 and your second tranche at 10, using this idea of how to position yourself in, you'd end up with twice as many shares at $10. So it's important then to to use the um the money amount rather than the share amount, which right. I know some people think of it that way. They think like, okay, I want 4,000 shares. I'm going to buy 1,000 and then 1,000 and then 1,000. But then you don't get the benefit of the drop. But you also don't run the risk of losing out if it starts to go straight up. That's true. And that is the risk. And so with Burlington Northern, I would say that little tranching thing worked wonderfully. I ended up with you know $58 instead of 62 right? Mm-hmm. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. And then just the end of the story was that nine months later, here's a company I think is worth somewhere between 120 or more. And Buffett bought the whole thing for a hundred dollars. Oh, nice. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll experience this as a rule one investor sometime that it goes up and you're like, no, <laughs> I wanted to be in this forever. This is like, you know, one of my great golden, <laughs> wonderful forever companies. And I, ah, I, I read 35 books from Amazon, man. I read 35 Don't take it away from me. books and nine months later it's gone. I'm like, no. All right. So that's the kind of bad news we like, I guess. that's If you're going to have bad news, that's a good one. Doubling, almost doubling in <laughs> nine months works okay. So here's one that didn't work out as well. Um, I wanted to buy into uh, BP, which is the big you know, oil and gas company that was having this terrible disaster in the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. with the Macondo well. And I was quite confident, unlike Jim Cramer, Jim was like, it's going to go bankrupt. And I, I was quite confident that this would become an international incident if the United States tried to bankrupt Britain's biggest oil company and and something that many pensioners in, in Britain rely on for a dividend. And I thought, this, there's no way, I mean, as heinous as the U.S. government can be to punish this horrible oil company, um, you know, for this heinous crime, they probably weren't going to put it out of business. And I guessed it would be 30 or 40 billion. It turned out to be like 55 or 60 billion that they had to pay out. But they had 100 billion to do it with. So they had a lot of money there. And so my judgment was, turned out to be correct, that it wasn't going to get put into bankruptcy. And if that's the case, it was pretty darn on sale at $27 a share, um, even if it was going to have half its equity taken away. So I, I started buying in, and then it went up. That was the bottom. <laughs> I'm buying in one 25% chunk, and the next thing I know, this thing's at 28 29 And exactly the problem that you you stated that, oh, man, now it's going against me, and, and maybe it's not going to go down, and I'm not going to get put the stock. Now what do I do? And I ended up buying in everything I could put into it by the time it was at about 32. So that worked mm-hmm. the opposite way for me. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is if, if you do happen to accidentally hit it right at the bottom, 
you know, you do have to act quickly to load up the truck, even if you have to pay a little more than you wanted to, um, if it starts to move away and it doesn't look like it's coming back. Right. And that's, that's what it looked yeah. like there. They, they kind of looked like they were getting the well, the well problem fixed and that, you know, so those are two examples of positioning. And so let's talk a little bit about now. Yeah. So knowing what I've just told you, what would you have to look at? What do you think you'd have to look at in order to figure out how much should I put into this thing as this market's dropping like a brick? What are you okay, talking so it's about? Down this 37%. Thing. This market is down 37%. And um, you have companies which are now on sale, definitely on sale. So f- from what I've just said, what would you, how would you position? Let's say there's one company, you want to buy it, and it's definitely so one on company, sale. not the index. You're talking about one specific company, company one X. One specific company. Company which X. I has met all of my criteria. I understand it. I think it has a great moat. It's not going to go through bankruptcy, is my right. estimation, which is <laughs> has like been added lately to the general thought process these days. Um, and I think it's at a good price. Yeah. So you're asking me what else I need to know? What, how would you, let, let's say you want to put in $10,000 into this company. Mm-hmm. So how would you do it? Company ABC on sale at a margin of safety as the market's crashing down 37%. Well, if I'm using your method, I would spend 2,500 today. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about options. So I'll leave that part separate and, and then watch, see what happens in. And son of a gun. If, the Federal Reserve doesn't come out and say, we'll put in a bazillion dollars and we're dropping interest rates to zero and the market turns around and just goes straight up. Mm-hmm. Now what? Now what? So has it gone yes. past yes. my... It rocketed mar- past. Oh, it's gone. Okay, then that's it. Then I can't buy any more of it. Very good. That's right. Was that like a trick question or something? <laughs> well, it's a little bit of a trick question because what makes that right is a longer view of where this market's going and probably why Warren Buffett's still sitting on $130 billion. Hmm. So as part of looking at this, like for example, when I was talking about the Macondo well with BP, what made me jump on it, even as it was passing throughout, through past the margin of safety, was that the well was getting fixed and it looks like, okay, end of crisis. So there, there definitely was an end yeah, to it. But, but I think you're, it's a little bit two different situations there because the way you sure. described the BP um, price going up was that it had gone up, and I kind of don't remember the exact numbers, but it hadn't gone up a huge amount. It had gone up a little bit, like whatever, like what I don't know what you said, but 29 20%. to 31 or something. Well, yeah, initially. Oh, 20%. It, well, 27 to 30 to 31. It's about 20%. 2015 to 20%. It was, it was booking. Okay. So I guess, yeah, I guess that's the difference. I think if it's like all of a sudden 25% higher, 50% higher, then it's, it's gone. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's too high. Way, and you're moving above the margin of safety, right? But if it's a little bit higher, like that's not going to bug me too much. Right. And so, you know, there's a couple ways to think about this. One is to, just go, well, it's close and I need to get loaded up here. I don't want to miss this opportunity. And I have a strong conviction that this emergency is past and we have seen the bottom here. Okay. And then you just try to pile it in there as quick as you can. Mm 
A second view is this isn't over. And that's the view I had in March. And I think it's the view that Warren had in March. And that is that this isn't over. This is only at the beginning. This is, if we were talking about a baseball game, we are now in the first inning of the baseball game. Yeah. And likely the second and third innings are going to look much better than the first inning did as the federal government jumps in to fix these problems. Um, but as this crisis unfolds, you start to see the wear and tear on the system and you start to see this game is a much, much more serious position than we thought. And I think that's, that's certainly how I was looking at it, you know, and I think I have to say, I, Warren hasn't said, cause basically what he said is, it's just, it could go anywhere. We don't know where it's going from here. Yeah. That's what he said. But that's but also his actions what show his what he actions. actually thinks. Yeah. And I frankly wish we had different views because then we'd have much more interesting discussions. But I we're on the same page. I totally uh, you agree. agree with me here. Yeah. I yeah. think I mean we've been through this like, you know, every podcast since the whole lockdown started. Yeah. Um yeah, I think this is gonna cause a lot of real economy ripples that yeah. all the money the governments are putting out there. Um, is going to try to help. I'm not sure it can actually help enough. So, and I, and I, yeah, and I mean, we hope and we will see if it can help. But in, the truth of it is the market doesn't think long term. It never thinks long term. All of these fund managers are thinking about their next quarter and how they will compete against the other fund managers for their next quarter. And if this stock market is rep, if the if companies start coming in with huge earning losses, then everybody's going to understand that the way you play the game is to follow momentum. And if if this company is going to have a bad quarter or a bad two quarters or a bad three quarters, then by the rules of momentum, you need to get out, and you need to get out quickly because all the other fund managers are also going to get out, and when they do, this is going to go down. And if you're the one holding it then you're going to have a worse quarter than they will. And that reflects badly on your record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the... But I do think, interestingly, right now, people have, I think, a little bit started to skip over Q2 in their minds. Like, I think Q2 is going to be a bloodbath, but I'm not sure the market's going to react to it in the way that it typically would. Like, I think people might kind of go like, oh, yeah, we knew that was coming. Let's see what happens in the next quarter. And that's where the real rubber is going to meet the road. Uh, that's pretty good insight. I, I, I don't know if they're going to skip over it in truth. I think they're trying to skip over it in their heads right now, but when it <laughs> actually happens, it's a little bit like saying, <clears throat> well, we really do expect smoke in the theater. Really do. I expect smoke in the theater next quarter. And I'm just going to stay in my seat. Um, even well, though, because, I smell smoke in the theater. Well, because we know it's very hard for them to do. We that, know that the smoke is going to get cleared out. Like we have all come yeah. back into the theater now, right? Like yeah. we left the yeah. theater because of the smoke, and we're all walking back into the theater in a line that is socially distanced. And right. the question is: Is the smoke going to start again? And then, if it does, what's the stampede like out of the theater? So. I think we're all, <laughs> we're all sort of like, 
aware of the smoke and it's not going to come as this huge shock. I mean, you're right. Like, who knows? Maybe something will set it off and people will start going, oh my God, businesses lost money. What an enormous surprise. And everybody will freak. But I'm not sure that. I think it's going to be more like this. I think, you know, everybody's going to be like, are you standing in your seat? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm staying in my seat. Oh, you stand in your seat? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm staying in my seat. Yeah, yeah. And every one of them knows that <laughs> if if they get if if somebody gets out of his seat, he might win. <laughs> he will definitely win. <laughs> because because <laughs> if he gets out of his seat, he gets out of the theater. And if this goes down a little bit, he's gonna be able to come right back in having had a better quarter than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they're all going to be very nervously looking around at what everybody else is doing. And if there's enough bad news, somebody's going to start going for the door. I think this is actually a perfect analogy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. I know they want to stay in their seats, but it's so hard to do when the news is bad. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But for us, I think, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I understand what Warren's going through and he and Charlie haven't bought any stocks at all um, is that the news is going to be difficult on uh, a lot of consumer oriented companies. And when it is, they're going to be in deep trouble and they're meaning coming to Berkshire in many different kinds of ways. And so Berkshire is, as Warren said, setting itself up to be Fort Knox. Mm -hmm. um, and it just wants to be able to perform like Fort Knox in an emer emergency and, and so I think we should take a lesson from that. Number one is that you bought in with one tranche on this company, then it moved up. And instead of loading up the truck as it moved up, <clears throat> you want to preserve your emotions for a big downward push in the market. And that means just be patient that it takes a long time. It takes three or four quarters for a full bear market to unfold. And during that whole time, the market will be ratcheting itself up and then dropping and ratcheting up and dropping. And the full extent of a, of a big bear market move here would be more in the range of 50% down, not 30% down. So I wouldn't worry right now that you missed something. I would, I would be concerned that uh, you just stay patient and try not to do anything. And remember to tranche into these positions over time. And, you know, if the whole thing takes off and runs for a while, it's not going any far. It, it just, it's so overpriced right now, it's absurd. And so I can't, I just can't imagine it keeps going up. But, you know, I've been wrong for, you know, a couple of years here. Yeah. So we'll see what I, happens. I think, uh, but I'm, I'm very curious about this thought of like, oh, you should take into account macro effects as prices move up. So I think we should talk about that more next time because I think it's very company dependent. So let's talk yeah. about those companies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do. All right. All right. Thanks Sounds everybody. Good. By the way, everybody, you know, try to really be conscious about how you're uh, acting out in public with, um, what does that mean? We're just seeing a lot of people in the United States now are starting to be more together in public places. And I think it needs, we, we need to be thinking about things in it, like good citizens, like protecting other people. Don't just think about yourself. You know, you're not sick, but I don't know you're not sick. Well, also, by the way, you don't know mask, you're not sick because yeah, you this virus lives in us for three to four days without any symptoms. Right. So do the rest of us a favor and put on a mask, even if you think it's dumb. 
um, because that tells me, you know, I am protected from you. And so I'm not going to be that worried about walking around on the street. And if everybody's doing that, if everybody's masking up and if everybody's washing their hands all the time, uh, you know, constantly using uh, sanitizer, we all got a much better chance of keeping this thing down, even if we start to open up our economies, which I'm all in favor of. You know, people need need to work. So um, just be conscious, you guys out there. Excellent point. Don't hug your best friends. Don't do that. Don't just, hug anybody unless you live yeah, with don't them. Don't hug anybody. Just <laughs> chill out. <laughs> Even the people you live with, tell them to go away. <laughs> <laughs> You're not hugging Nuno? Oh, I am. We decided you long ago Nuno. that if he gets it, I'll get it. That's the way it there goes. You go. um, but All yes, right. no, I was, that's a very nice message. Thank you for saying that. And we hope right, that everybody's everybody. doing okay out there and yeah. um, getting through this as best we can. We know a lot of people are hurting. So sending our yep. good thoughts and best wishes. Thanks for listening, you guys. And we will do our best to give you good ideas um, about how to have at least one good thing come out of this, which is hopefully setting yourself up for good investing. Yeah, next time, let's let's take on a company and kind of pull it apart and see what we can do with it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll see. Thanks, everybody. All right, until then, time (laughs) to go play. See you guys. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important, it's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.